Good evening, everyone. Good evening, good evening. Hebrews 11 and 12, everybody. Hebrews 11 and 12. Any uh, Mumford and Sons fans in here? Well, whoa. After that, I wish I had, like, had them backstage so that they were, like, coming. That's pretty intense. Just listening to them all afternoon, they just make me want to be a better person. I love those guys. Have you, how many people have seen them in concert live? Whoa. Really? I know. Where did you, where were, where was it? Austin somewhere? You know they were bigger in Europe faster than they were in America. We're so slow to pick up the good stuff. We're like listening to JT over and over again, and there's Mumford and Sons. Like. Mumford is good. <laughs> All right. We're going to uh, conclude uh, our series tonight. Uh, Ranheim's going to... Um, Kind of wrap it all up tomorrow night, but in terms of my series anyway. Did I do something wrong? You're, oh, okay. All right, good. So uh, we're going we're gonna, to uh, try and simplify things tonight. We've been talking about so much, I feel like. Um, I want to tell a simple story, a quick story about Rahab. Tonight I want to talk about simple faith. My goal is to simplify things as much as possible from the story of Rahab. So uh, let's do that. And so let's read some scripture together. And um, Estoc, you may now start your engines. You can if it started before I just said. We're going to read Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, and then Hebrews eleven thirty one, and go to Joshua. Ready? All right. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him was endured the cross, despising the shame, is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, 1131. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given friendly welcome to the spies. Now let's read that story about what happened in Joshua 2. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to. And Joshua, the son of Nun, it's actually Nun, but I know that's the joke, Noon sent two men secretly uh, from Shethim as spies, saying, Go, view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. Verse 8 of Joshua 2. Before the men lay down for the night, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and all that the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, basically they wiped them out, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house. And give me a sure sign 
that you will save alive my father and mother and my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. This is God's word. Let's pray. Jesus, would you uh, give us a vision of you that is, that is uh, simple but profound? Jesus, I pray that we might have even the simple faith of Rahab, that we might follow you and be, um, and be uh, Christ-like, that we might grab onto you and follow you all of our days. Jesus, do this work, we pray in your name. Amen. Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the founder of our faith, which means he started it. Jesus is the perfecter of our faith, which means he completes it. This is exactly Rahab's story. In one verse, we get that. We get that lived out. The Hebrew people that this was written to would have known all of the details. Rahab's story is a story of Jesus finding her and perfecting her. And it's amazing. And you know what all Rahab had? Rahab had the simplest faith that may be in the scripture. Simple faith. Rahab responded to God's work in her with simple faith. Jesus is the founder of our faith. Jesus started Rahab's faith. We read in Joshua 2, what happened? Jesus somehow, I don't know how, but revealed himself to Rahab. Now, if you looked up Joshua 2, you would know you would know this, and if you know how they do the word the Lord in the Old Testament, the word the Lord in the story in Joshua, when it's coming out of Rahab's mouth, is all in capital letters. That means it's Yahweh behind that word in the Hebrew. That is the personal name of God, which God had only revealed to the Israelites. Somehow, Rahab knew the name of God. She had heard Yahweh. God had revealed in some way through a messenger, through just, I don't know, chatter. I don't know how it was, but somehow God revealed himself to Rahab and something was started in her. And then she says, at the end of this little confession she makes in Joshua 2, not only does she know the name, she knows who he is. Your Lord, capital L-R-D, Yahweh, your God, Yahweh, Hebrews, Hebrew people, is the Lord of the heaven and the Lord of the earth. An amazing statement from a complete and utter pagan. Never heard, an unreached people group, never heard the gospel of Jesus or anything in her entire life. And Rahab was simply overcome by God. She saw God's people coming. She saw the miracles. She heard everything. And she was just, un- she's like, oh no, they're coming. This God is clearly big. He is clearly powerful. She was simply in awe of the majesty and the bigness of God. I played high, uh, high school. I played basketball in junior high and high school. The worst basketball game of my entire quote-unquote career um, was in junior high when we played uh, La Mesa. Now, some of you Cruces people know about La Mesa. So La Mesa is not terribly... Um, here's the thing. The, the La Mesa schools and what's going on there and the gangs and kind of thing, uh, basically, the kids are older in the grades than you might expect them to be. Okay, It takes them a little bit longer to get through the grades, and some of them are held back. 
some of them because they've been in jail for a while. It's complicated in La Mesa, okay? We were playing the junior high team from La Mesa. We were sitting on the bench, like after some warm-up, and the team walked in, and our whole bench went <laughs> six foot tall, armpit hair and mustaches. We're sixth graders. There is nobody on our team that got above the chest of one of their guys. This is how the basketball game went. We didn't touch the ball until after they scored. I mean, it was, the most, it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever been in my life. I played point guard. I remember just standing there on defense, just standing on outside the three, just waiting, watching them passing around and shooting it. There was absolutely nothing we could do. It was unbelievable. By the time the game ended, I mean, they slaughtered. I mean, they, it, we had like eight or nine or ten points or something. It was that bad. All we could do was this. We didn't touch the ball unless they made a mistake or unless they scored. Literally. It was absolutely wretched. We were overwhelmed. I've never forgotten that. I mean, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm still not much, you know, taller relatively to people who play basketball, but that was by far the worst experience of my life. Overwhelmed by them. Over, there was absolutely nothing I could do or my entire team. Rahab was in that position. She was small. She was weak. She heard about these other nations that had just been leveled by God's people. She submitted to this God, this God who just was majestic by faith, simple faith. She did not have good theology. Her theology was, in a sense, horrible. She didn't know about Jesus. She didn't know about circumcision. She didn't know about the Passover. She didn't know about the temple. She didn't know about anything. She didn't know about Moses. She didn't know about Abraham. She had horrible theology. And in her little conversion story, we have no Christianese at all, whatsoever. She uses God's name, and she said, look, all I know is that y'all just crushed everybody over there that are kind of a big deal, and we know that we can't stand up to this. That was as deep as it went. And then she actually, if you're paying attention when I read the story, she actually like did a business deal with them. She didn't pray to receive Jesus and say the right words. She was like, okay, here's the thing. Y'all freak me out. You're too big. Here's the deal. I will keep you alive if you keep me alive. That was her deal. That's how she came to God. All that happened with her, she was just in awe of God. She had, didn't have the right words. She didn't have the right theology. She didn't have the right pedigree. Obviously, she didn't have the right pedigree. She was a complete and total pagan and a prostitute. She was a prostitute who lived in the wall, which is the most dangerous place in the city, the first place to get burned or knocked down. She was a nobody and a prostitute who was overwhelmed with God. All she did was grab onto him. She just grabbed onto him. That's it. And God honored that. There was nothing else that God asked of her. Not one extra thing. Simple faith. Jesus did that in her life. Jesus is also, he completes our faith. He completes our faith. He completed Rahab's faith. I don't know if you know this because nobody reads this part of the Bible just the same way you don't read Leviticus and Numbers, even though Numbers is one of the most highly quoted books in the New Testament. Apparently it's important, so you should go read that. But before we do that, Matthew 1, the genealogy of Jesus. Did you know that Rahab, the prostitute, and complete and utter pagan, was a grandmother of Jesus? If you read the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew 1, 
It starts off with Abraham. Oh, such massive, you know, faith. And oh, and Isaac and Jacob. Rahab. And then it goes to David. And then to Christ. Rahab is in Jesus' family tree. As I heard a a teacher say a couple weeks ago, Jesus had the blood of a prostitute pulsing through his veins. That's unbelievable, which is exactly why Matthew picked it out and wrote it down so that we wouldn't miss this about who God is. So we wouldn't miss this about how Jesus completes faith, even the most simple faith in all of Scripture. That, that is how Rahab's personal story was caught up in the larger story. Rahab, this one-time act, things happened to her in her life and her history that she could have never imagined. Jesus was working in her life. She had this simple faith at this one moment of crisis where God overwhelmed her, and she only did what, what she could do at the moment, submit in faith. And God used her to bring into the world the Savior of the world. Rahab, that little piece of faith, that little blip on the, uh, the, the timeline of history that Rahab lived. God did more than she can imagine with that. Rahab was merely obedient to what God had given her. And God did marvelous things in her. You see, that's how Christianity works. That's why in one sense it's so incredibly simple. You know, we respond in faith and God does these things. And I don't know what he's going to do. And you don't know what he's going to do. You don't know what your future is going to be like. I don't know what your future is going to be like. But Rahab was obedient to what God had given her at that moment. Two applications from this. And one is this. Rahab was a prostitute. Now, teenagers these days, and y'all are into some pretty dark stuff. The world's a dark place. Y'all struggle with more things than even we did in the 90s and certainly more than your parents. It's just dark. You're fighting some nasty stuff. You're, you're literally at war with your body over food and over, and over exercise. You're at war with yourself. You're at war with your mind and your heart over you know, uh, in lust and pornography. You're at war with yourself over all the substances that are available to you because you have too much money. You're at war. Things have power over you. You just can't seem to get under. I just want you to know that God is bigger than all of that. He is so much bigger than whatever seems to control your life. Rahab was controlled by the society she was in. She was, she was put down. She was in the wall, the most dangerous place. She was used, abused, shamed. You can't be worse than that. And from her came Jesus, our Savior. Incredible. You are never too far gone to live the story of redeeming grace that Jesus is writing. And the second thing is this. If Jesus does everything, well, then what do I do? Be kind of a question floating around this week from what I hear. Rahab is distinguished in this passage, right, in Hebrews eleven thirty-one, Because she obeyed the revelation of God. She obeyed. That word's in there. <laughs> She did something. Oh, no. Uh, she obeyed. She did obey. She obeyed the revelation of God. The rest of Jericho did not. But her obedience was from faith. It was from faith. She looked at God, what she knew of him, which was not very much. 
And she was at that moment awed and overcome and overwhelmed with him and his glory and his majesty. And she acted in only the only way that she could. Submitted to him. She was obedient unto faith. We obey in faith. We obey in faith. The, 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 where we get messed up is when we try to obey so as to please God. Oh, I've got to follow the law so to please God or so I don't get kicked out of the house, you know. Obedience is not trying to please God. Obedience is following God because he's pleased with you. A completely different thing. Obedience comes from faith. You have to obey. You have to fight the sin nature. You have to say no to ungodliness and yes to godliness. And you have to work at it. And you have to battle that. And you just struggle through it. You have to repent. You have to pray. You have to be at war with your body, with your mind. But you're not doing it alone. You're not doing it out of your power. You didn't even start the process to begin with, and you can't complete it. Jesus starts it. Jesus completes it. In the middle, you rely on him to work. You fight and you obey, but you're doing it out of the new creation he's created in you. You obey out of faith. Not trying to please God, but you follow God because he's pleased with you. Christ founded your faith. He started it. That means he gave you salvation as a free gift. Christ also completed, will complete your faith. In other words, he obeyed the law for you. He obeyed all the law for you. When the New Testament says 500 million times that you've been given the righteousness of God, he's saying you've been given the perfect obedience of all of the law. The same was with Rahab. She had never obeyed the law. I mean, she had so much she couldn't pay for. Never could she pay for that. But God gave her obedience to the law on her record because of the obedience of Christ as he runs the race ahead of us and ahead of her. We respond in obedience just with the pleasure of knowing that we have the pleasure of God. We, resp- we do obey. We do things. We struggle. We work. But it's the Spirit working in us, we know. And it's coming out of the new creation that, that God has given us, not something I've created. Simple faith. Life-changing faith. We do participate. It is real. I was just sitting back there and, you know, somebody started clapping the last song and y'all are clapping right on time, you know, and that's great. Uh, you're obeying very nicely. And uh, it was really good. It was all controlled, all perfectly wonderful. And then uh, there's my four-and-a-half-year-old back there who couldn't, who couldn't clap on time to save her life. But she was clapping for the same reason you were. She was in awe of God. She was all off rhythm. It doesn't matter. She was doing. She had the pleasure of following in worshiping God because she, because she knows that he is pleased with her to the level that she knows that. Simple faith. Profound faith. Let's pray. Jesus, would you even help us as we're overwhelmed with this week and we're tired and we're, yeah, tired and overwhelmed. I do pray that you would, as we reflect tonight and tomorrow, kind of on some takeaways and as we try to gel all this together and put pieces together, that you would 
remind us of the important things? Would you seal in our minds what we need to have? Would you seal in our hearts what we need to have? Would you give us a simple and lasting and yet profound, life-changing faith? Jesus, we love you. We deeply desire to know you more. Would you continue to be at work in us for your glory? In your precious name, Jesus, amen.